Please keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourselves and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we come together to make the world a better place by talking about how we do or don't come when we're apart. Because I think that if we all lead better laid lives, we, you, me, all of us together, in practical, tangible ways, one person at a time, we can actually make the world a more loving place. Our guest today is a 38-year-old straightish single female. She is a body worker from all over who appreciates foreskin and a little pussy slap. Welcome, Gen C. <laughs> it was funny the second time, too. <laughs> and I will say, I'm just so excited that we are here together in person. This is the first in-person interview I have done since January, February 2019. So, yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah. People touching people. Yes. Being near people. That's yes. what we came here for in the first place, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Will you start off by telling us, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most full of shame and 1 being the least full of shame, where do you fall on the shame-a-meter today in this moment? Today, in this moment, I'm feeling pretty damn good about myself so i'm gonna go with like a two but it might spike fuck yeah <laughs> okay and then can you just tell us like when does it typically spike for you it spikes for me around the times when i have to say what i want at the perceived expense of someone else mm. that is probably my biggest thing being vocal about stuff is one of the hardest things because you know like we were talking about before like protecting people like shows up in the weirdest effing ways yeah and I just I don't want to hurt anybody ever I just yeah. want to love you like I'm, I, I do body work like I'm just trying to love you with my hands that is all I want in the whole world but the fact of the matter is is that's not my goddamn job yeah to take care oh, of you <laughs> I feel you yeah what is your sex life like right now right now I'm a sex camel <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, so that means you have a lot stored up? I guess so, yeah. It's sex with myself right now. Okay. I have some vibrators that I don't particularly like, but oh. I'm utilizing anyways. Okay. Wait, why don't you like them? Because they're, they're buzzy. Because mm. you're a body worker. You like hands. <sighs> yeah, and I'm lazy too. <laughs> yeah. I'm super lazy. Yeah. Dildos just piss me off. I feel like their texture. No, they do. Like, their texture is annoying and it's not what I want. Yeah. That's the problem. That's really the problem. It's not what I want. Is they're yeah. not what I want. I know that somewhere in this life there will be a moment when I have this like explosive realization of the love that has always been available there for me from myself. Yeah. And that will change. But this morning was not the time when that happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> so shitty vibrator it was. There's a really awesome sex toy reviewer named hey epifora hey epifora.com and she just has like hilarious reviews of stuff so sometimes i'll look at hers and Ooh. and try to find a good one but okay really funny woman uh -huh. and then can you give us a definition today of what do you think sexy is sexy i love this question sexy is whatever it is that does it for you in life that doesn't necessarily have any like direct connection to sex if you are tuned into like who you are or what you're doing or like it's just a passion thing mm -hmm. if you're like actively engaging in some sort of passion everybody around you can smell it and see it and like even maybe if they don't want to take you into their bed like 
they can feel it and it's like juicy and wonderful and I like that. Yeah. Yes. That's sexy. Fuck for yeah. sure. Okay. Take us back through time mm. in your early years. Yeah. When do you first remember hearing about sex? What do you remember feeling about it? Did you ever get a talk about consent or a sex ed talk? Zero talks about consent probably until I was like early 30s. I'm trying to figure out how to explain this timeline because my sex life happened on two different planes of existence, one of which I was not aware of until I was 30. Hmm. So on the light note, I think one of the first places I learned about sex, my mom had this Shel Silverstein book. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like this illustrated like adult porn book, basically. Like it's really funny. And I just remember this one chapter or like story specifically called the deadly weapon and it was this naked man and he had his dick in his hand and he threw it like a lance and on the next page like you know by this time his dick is like 16 feet long or whatever and it like hits this woman in the pussy and she's all like splayed back like ah and I'm like but that you know that was interesting and then they had the joy of sex laying around which was far hairier and a little bit you know more anatomically correct okay no 16 foot long cocks. No, not no, just furry ones. Just, you know, fur fur everywhere. <laughs> Cuz you know, the 70s or whenever that was written. I don't know. So yeah, I knew about sex really really early. But, but this doesn't I didn't know why I knew about sex. Mm. And I was like one of the first kids to like tell other kids about sex and their parents got really mad at me for it and like took me aside and was like we're going to tell our kids about this when we're going to tell them about it. Oh. Don't talk about it to our kids. And I was like, that's terrifying. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I will go away now. So that was weird. So I learned how to masturbate when I was like three. This is the part where like the timeline split. My creepy uncle, somehow someone, and this is, his name is like creepy uncle, blah, blah, blah. Like, we just refer to him like that, like in kind of like a jokey way, but like it's, it's effing, it's fucking true, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so he was bathing me and his daughter, my cousin one day, and he unscrewed the bathtub nozzle and the water shot out and he placed me right in front of the thing. And I had my first orgasm. Whoa. So I learned about that really, really young before I had the language for it. And my brain shut that specific instance off until I was 30 years old. Whoa. So that's fucked up. But then on the same plane, like, I've been having sex with myself since I was three. So that's kind of neat. I don't know. Wait, so, when you say turned it off, what does that mean? Oh, I didn't know that it happened. Okay. I had no idea. Which, you know, resulted in a lot of, like, unexplainable, debilitating sadness for a long time like I was always that girl with the cloud over her head mm. walking around looking at the floor and it was really confusing because I didn't know why I was sad and then I was meditating and journaling really hard when I was approaching 30 and I just it just popped up one day and I was like I was like sublimely happy because I'm like oh my god now I know why I'm so mm. fucked up now I have a reason like it's not just me it's this thing and it's this person that's just been like you know stuck in my body like feeding off of me like it it's literally like when someone engages with you in something like that without your permission and you don't have the language to deal with it or defend yourself, like that's not the end of it. You continue to pay them out of your pocket mm -hmm. until you say, no, this is enough and like really understand the energy behind that. 
So I've been on his payroll for a long time, but now that's over, thank God. And I have so much more energy for activities. But so anyways, back to the masturbation. Yeah, my mom like caught me. Mm. <laughs> I was watching Raggedy Ann and Andy the cartoon. She's like, Jesse, <laughs> go wash your hands. And I was like, <gasps> pretty horrified and like thoroughly shamed, which, you know, didn't stop me because it's great. Yeah. Did she talk about what it was with you at all? No. Okay. No, I don't think she said anything. Like she might have said something like, that's not something that you do around other people or something mm. like that. But it wasn't like gracious or like understanding in any way and it's so funny and like I think back to that time I'm like she knew that I knew about that so young and like that's fucked (laughs) and like she knew about the other thing too and like all throughout my childhood like just so sad and like never did anything to like try to help Mm. like to dig in and like you know, maybe this happened, maybe we should like see somebody or you should talk to somebody about this specific thing, not just some like general bullshit because you don't want to admit what happened within the family. That censorship of like not rocking the family vault, that's a bitch. Yeah. That's a mean bitch. Yeah. But it's really important to talk about that stuff. Again, not protecting people. Yeah. Protecting people is, is super expensive. And then I always had little boyfriends you know, miss me, miss me, and I gotta kiss me. <laughs> when did you start liking boys? Or do you have any specific, like, early stories that oh led to experience? God, new kids on the block, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, but before that, like, I've always just, like, any boy between, like, 16 and 32, I've always just been like, oh, he's, yeah, that does, that works. That's amazing. And girls is, like, a funny thing now that, like, I look back, because, like, when I was a teenager, I was, like, 14, there was this girl that I was like super close with. Like we trained horses together. Like we were just buddy, buddy, probably super codependent, but you know, teenage girls. And, but we would like, and I forgot about this for a long time. It's so funny. We would just like make out Oh, sometimes. Okay. Like we would just kiss. How did and it start? I don't remember. I think really? we were just like sleeping in her bed one day and then we just were making out. And I was like, huh. And then I was at school cool and it must have just been germane to the conversation at the moment or something but I was like oh I kissed a girl I must be bi right and I said it out loud and like that was like instant ostracizing from like a few of our like friends in the group and I didn't like have a lot of friends even within the group anyways so that was like that was scary there was a boy that I was flirting with that like I just remember the look on his face like you disgust me and then he like turned around and like never talked to me again Holy cow. Yeah, it's super weird. Whoa. You know, and because of, like, the weird fuckery of, like, the mother involving and not helping with the whole, like, child molestation thing, like, trusting women is really difficult. Mm, Okay. Um, And so, like, I don't know how I feel about them, really. Yeah. I've been to so many strip clubs. I was a stripper for a while. (gasps) You were? What was that like? Yeah. Uh, Just, I know this is jumping ahead, but what was it like? Yeah. It was really interesting, like. You know, there is the stereotypical person that, you know, TV and media has made you think. But there's also like, you know, students and normal people and like regular jobs don't work for me. And like Mm. this does. I like a nightlife. I like this. I like that. I'm good at this. I always wanted to be a stripper and I took classes for a little bit and I tried and I'm not good at poles, dancing, body You don't have to be because you have the sweet ass pussy. 
I have a sweet ass pussy. But the other thing that I realized after going to several strip clubs is I realized that you have to be good at talking to people and like sales. Kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was a lazy stripper. Oh, really? Yeah. So So does that mean you didn't make money or what's a lazy stripper mean? You know, there's the girls that like hustle really hard that are like, you know, they turn it on, they turn on the sexy voice and they get the eyes and they fucking look at the guy and they're like, oh, you're going to want my titties. Yeah. And those girls are just like, they're aggressive and they Mm. make that fucking money and Mm. God bless them for doing that. But like, I just have never been super predatory like that. So I would always find the guy that like was there with the rest of the bachelor party. He didn't really want to be there or like the woman. And, you know, like I'd go and I'd sit on their lap and I'd just talk to them for like an hour. Cause like, I don't want to fucking work. <laughs> I, don't care what it, I don't care what the job is. I don't want to work. Now I want to be a stripper and collect sex stories oh my God, that the way. Costumes <gasps> too. You get to dress up. Okay. But I'm not very good at clothes. Well, you don't have to wear a lot of them. Okay. Okay. But it's just like, I you know. I true. Oh, that's it's like a good sexy point. little outfit. What would you wear? What was your favorite stuff? Oh, man. I loved me some booty shorts. I had these really adorable like stiletto heels with like strappy, rappy things that went yeah. like up to my knee and they were like glittery. And oh, I'm going to go to Maya so Shoes soon and buy new dominatrix boots. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, the shoes were great. And the thongs, stripper thongs last so much longer than regular fucking underwear. Where oh, eat it, Victoria's Secret. Where did you get stripper thongs? From What's the, the difference? Stripper store. Where's the stripper store? They're like places, the little creepy places in the oh. valley with like you know, like the big titted people. Oh yeah, in the, they're they're here too in the fashion and, district. Yeah, and the fa- you know, like the <laughs> mannequins, right? love romantics, yes, whatever the you it. know, like the simple like. And there's certain stores that clearly like cater to the women who are working, like, and they have like more of the costume things. But yeah best underwear ever because you can bend over and your asshole doesn't show and you have to buy these specific thongs that aren't like actual g-strings because that's like a rule in some clubs like if you bend over that your butthole has to be oh really (laughs) like if it's not a full nude club like if they serve alcohol or at least where i was like you can't show the okay the super goods Hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so that was fun that was super like important too, like you know and I've divulged more information than I was aware of at that time which I think is really important like I didn't realize that I was operating like on an incomplete deck of cards so I was just doing it to like hang out with my friends and like we like to go out and party and dance and like I was just doing that and getting paid yeah so it was a good time but like I've you know since I've done it I I I realized that I learned that like if people see your naked body you're not gonna fucking die like, yeah. oh, my God, you have, like, a mole on your arm. Like, nobody cares. Oh, my God, you can't really dance that good. Nobody cares. Well, and I even not just nobody cares. It's like they still like you. Yeah, like, they, they want like you me. anyway. I mean, it's like all the shit that you're worried about doesn't fucking matter because, like, there's going to be someone that yeah. is going to see a human body and think it's hot. I really think everyone looks better without clothes on. I really, like, if we're... I fully agree with you. Like, I'm not all about saying good, bad, better, best, but, like... I really think clothes do most people a disservice. Truly. Truly. It's 100% accurate. <laughs> Especially people that like aren't, you know, scientifically predetermined ideal body weight yeah. style. Like yeah. People that have like different shapes and stuff like clothes weren't made for you. No. Which sucks. I mean, yeah, it's like not. I understand if we're cold and we're put on, putting on big fuzzy robes. I get that. Yeah. But like. Yeah. Otherwise you sweat and you get itchy and there's seams and you have to. 
Make your boobies fit in bras. And yeah, you're stupid. I'm not jealous of bras at all. Yeah, <laughs> I stopped well, all that. I've stopped wearing them, but and I'm wearing one today because I was getting so sweaty underneath that I was getting itchy, and so now because my I have I don't pass the pencil test, or I do pass the pencil test. Calm What's I don't know. Which boobs? My like, boobs will hold a pencil underneath them. Understood. Yeah, I don't have that problem either. <laughs> I have to hold my pencils in other places. <laughs> So, okay, okay, so let's let's rewind a little bit. Take us back to, were there pleasurable parts of young masturbation? Like, other than getting caught, other than not feeling supported, other than getting told to wash your hands, like, was there any good young stories of touching yourself? And, or is it time to move on to, like, partnered explorations? Yeah, I mean, like, orgasms are great. Mm. <laughs> it's relaxing and stuff, and if it didn't come with that, like, weird mountain of shame that has no discernible origin at mm. that time like okay. so confusing but to, did feel shamey still of course yeah okay. i mean i felt shamey about all kinds of stuff but yeah that too and it's just like nice to have you know a tool to combat horniness because otherwise it gets super distracting totally yeah i don't know i think it's just a lovely part of our bodies that we are you know what a great bonus of like coming to this earth plane and like oh, oh my God. by the way you have this thing that you can do right <laughs> right also i was just reading something what was i reading something oh, no i've been listening to stranger in a strange land again which i love robert heinlein so much i just all of you read it if you read stranger in a strange land and the moon is a harsh mistress i think everyone could understand me better like those two books they just uh they make my heart so happy but one point is like you know, okay, so you make the biological argument, like, sex is just for procreation. But then, like, why don't we die after we do it? Like, there are some animals, ah, that, you know what I mean? Like, like, And, like, why can we do it so many times? And, yeah. like, why don't we go through menopause so much earlier and all these things? It's like, I really, I'm just such a fan of the idea that the human body is to be experienced and is for pleasure. Because I, for me, and I wonder if you relate to this, it is so related to the creativity aspect. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> super a lot and like yeah. if i'm holding a lot of shit for other people yeah. you know creativity is stifled is it not yes and my orgasms get shittier yes and then that's like the whole point of being a human being or like what we figured out so far is like okay we have this consciousness we have this ability to think and think about our thoughts and think about thinking about our thoughts mm -hmm. and then we get creativity and then we get conscious thought mm -hmm. and so it's like if you're not using that to like consciously create pleasure for mm -hmm. yourself you get all stuck but i digress mm -mm, no affluence is, is in there too by the way like what kind of affluence? Like pleasure affluence? Pleasure affluence. Time money. Affluence. Money. Affluence. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. The receiving of the body and in the body. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. They were talking about, <sighs> stranger and stranger. They talk about how, you know, it's only the later stages of our evolution that we can like actually accept. Like at the beginning, it's like, oh, it's much easier to give than receive. And I, mm -hmm. I, I was like, oh, my God, that's true for me. Yeah. Totally. It sounds backwards, but it's so true for me. And I'm so much more comfortable giving than receiving until I learned I was a like, kinky submissive and all I need to do to receive is to be giving my full self. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, ah, tricky, I see. Tricky. Sneaky. Okay, so I'd like to hear on the note of shame, mm. what was the texture of your family? Like, were they religious shamey? Was it just cultural shamey? Or like, what was the vibe? What was the shamey vibe? It was all-inclusive. Oh. In every facet of every, like, moment of existence, if you did not adhere to their prescribed way of being, and they weren't even religious. Oh. You just weren't accepted. If you're not a doctor, lawyer, or a teacher, go fuck yourself. I dated a boy that was 
black in college and my dad tattled on me to my grandmother and they <gasps> pulled my tuition. That still happens. Holy fuck. Yeah, I know. It was really weird. I And I didn't know my family was racist until that moment. And I didn't even know about it until like five years later when my stepmom told me what had actually happened. I thought that they had just pulled it because I was a piece of shit. Like, oh. like I truly, you know, and I... I didn't do good my first semester, but my second semester, I was on it. I was perfect attendance, straight A's, everything. And then they're like, we're not doing this anymore. We're pulling the rug out from under you. I think that was actually the words used. And I was like, fuck, well, I guess I'll just take a job in Virginia. (laughs) Training horses on a farm in the middle of the mountains for $50 a week. Whoa. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. I got chased off that farm with a shovel, actually. <laughs> Why? Because the lady that was the daughter of the woman that hired me thought I was trying to have sex with her brother and steal their money, even though I had no car or bank account. And so she came at me with a shovel one day and said, Get the fuck off my farm. And you're like, Okay, ma'am. I was like, Yeah, obliged. <laughs> Holy I'll be cow. seeing you. Okay. Yeah. Did you have sex with her brother? Fuck no. Okay. <laughs> oh. I wouldn't be mad if you did. No, no. She was a little kooky, though. Okay. She stopped nursing her infant at, like, three months so she could eat mushrooms she found on the shit pile. So, Virginia. Okay. Yes. Well, at least it's not she... not for lovers, apparently, after all. Yeah. yeah. That's... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least not, not for lovers if they have jealous sisters. <laughs> yeah. No. Man, women hitting women is such a thing. Is it? Yeah. It's What's your experience with it? I don't have any, like, reference for it. Yeah, it's just, you know, seeing them as competition, seeing them as, like, the reason for the partner cheating, like, mm. seeing them as the reason you don't, we don't, I don't have what I want, seeing them as a threat, as people that can't be trusted, and then, and then coming out of that and really, like, finding a community where, like, I felt held and understood by women and like it opened up a part of my body that I had not had access to before mm. which was just like more soft gooeyness in that you know sacral sexy area where everything just is better if it can move yeah. and do what it wants to fucking do without someone looking at them sideways because yeah. their tank top is showing their bra strap <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's been so long since I've worried about that Thank God, God. right wow Fuck okay the 90s that also just makes me feel great also I feel like there was a period where I was like, see all my bra straps and yeah. the lace that comes with it. Yeah. Like, lace on, but like, yeah. It's hot. Okay. So did you have experiences, formative experiences? So you had making out with that. Making out young with the girl. F- girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. And then what other formative partnered experiences or explorations did you go through? Well, I guess virginity story is probably next on the list, right? Okay. I don't uh, know. Did you, yeah. like, I like did a bunch of hooking up that never had penetration which was how I defined virginity when I lost it now I talk about like sexual debut and my like queer sexual debut and my man sexual debut you know like I don't know I guess I never thought about it like that yeah that is that is relevant like Um, a lot of blowjobs first and a a bunch of like really uncomfortable fingering (laughs) such uncomfortable fingering in the treehouse you want to know what the most uncomfortable fingering is yes on the beach with a boy that doesn't not have sandy fingers did you get sand in your... I got sand in my vagina. It was awful. Oh, yeah. That he sounds was really not cute, yummy. though. Okay. And this is, like, another one of those instances where I, like, shoved aside my discomfort for yeah. the fun of someone else and just, like, 
the moment. You oh, know? oh, I don't want to fuck this up. He's really cute. I don't want to say anything. Please keep fingering my Sandy vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to ruin the romance. I don't want to ruin the romance. That's the thing. You know when people are like, oh, I didn't want to ruin the moment. I was like, for the other person? Yeah. Because right? like, if you're sitting there thinking, I don't want to ruin the moment, your moment is ruined. It's ruined. Like, it's yours ruined. is done. And so it's like, do you want to ever have a chance of experiencing pleasure? Or do you want to just subvert your own needs? Yeah. Okay, so... Did you get, did anything happen from a sandy vagina or was no, it just discomfort? Okay. But I did get like the worst strep throat I'd ever had. Okay. Like I was spitting up blood. It was really bad. Oh no. I don't know if that was related or not. Probably on an energetic level. Uh, or also bacterial. Like yeah, you can, bacteria. if you're, if you guys went skinny dipping or just, you never know what's in the sand. Yeah, the sand. Yeah. Super gross. I mean, we were super drunk and smoking cigarettes and 15 and yeah. whatever. You know. Yeah. Totally. Spring break, Madeira Beach. Okay. But that was fun. Yeah, you know, like, I had boyfriends in elementary school, and, you know, we'd, like, hold hands, and it was really cute, and, like, I had this one boyfriend, and he was so sweet, and he, like, he was afraid to kiss me because he was afraid his mom would find out, so we were just boyfriend and girlfriend for, like, forever, and it was, it was really sweet, and I cherish it still to this day, and I Facebook stalked him, and he's, I'm just so happy that he is... He still looks like he looked then. Uh Like he's grown up. You know how some people change unrecognizably and he still looks like his flamboyant, wonderful self. And I was so like happy about that. I was like, oh, they didn't, they didn't get you. Yeah. You're still there. But yeah, you know, necking was super hot. I have always, and to this day, I still love this, being touched like over my panties. Oh, me too. Me too. Over my jeans. Like that shit's sensitive and you probably don't know what you're doing. And if we're at this point where like you're going to start touching my lady parts like you're i'm probably not quite there to the point you know sensitivity wise where you should be like under the stuff without any kind of like lubrication yeah so yeah i just prefer that plus it's hot you know like it's in the t-zone and i've been masturbating with a vibrator Mm -hmm. over my the tiny little shorts that i wear Mm -hmm. every day during the summer gotta watch out for the seam so i realized (laughs) this week I love the seam if it's <gasps> in the right place because so my clit is super sensitive. So with my magic wand, I'll just like put the vibrator kind of like on the pubic bone, like mm-hmm. at the very, very top of where all the folds start. Mm-hmm. And so if I get to orgasm point, then the seam is vibrating too. And it creates a vibration down the whole everything. Oh. And it was and I was I was like, wait, I'm feeling this like kind of like over my asshole like everything is vibrating and so that was really fun and I I had a newfound I felt like I got to discover a new texture of magic wand orgasm which like I typically judge myself like I'm like oh I'm being lazy with the magic wand but also you know what I can fucking cherish those orgasms and notice the differences so also there's nothing wrong with being lazy I love to be lazy also because I feel like I very much balance it out because when I like have partnered sex I go all out Usually. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Depending on what partners I have access to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am very off again, on again with my master partner. And I'll never count my chickens. He broke up with me in May. So who knows? But also, like, tried to unbreak up with me. So mm. who knows? Mm. Mm. I remain hopeful and I don't know. <laughs> Good sleep. <laughs> I, remain, yeah, I remain hopeful and uh, really clear on when it feels supportive in my life and when it feels not supportive. Yeah. So. Okay. So... Sexual debut? What comes Sexual next? Sexual debut. Is there, oh. more, is there more fingering? Are there more blowjob thoughts early in the formative years? Or? Blowjob thoughts. So 
the first dick I ever sucked was this super ratchet boy that lived in the apartment. Like he had just moved into the apartments that we lived in and like kind of started hanging out. And then one night we like met up in the sauna of the apartment and like I didn't want to have sex yet and he didn't push me, which was great. And so I sucked his dick and like I swallowed it and it like made my stomach so sick. Oh like, no. I was like, yeah, that was freaking awful. I don't think and then, that's ever happened to me. Yeah. I don't know now though. It doesn't now. I think it was just because of him and his like what, what Whatever all he... like esoteric things he was bringing to the okay. table. Super gnarly. And that was the first time my mom ever caught me doing something. Like, oh, I'm super sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like really detail oriented. So like I know how to get away with shit and like yeah. cover my tracks. But she like had her antenna on that night and like when I came in, she was like sitting in the dark <laughs> like a creep. And she's like, where were you? And I was like, I was with so-and-so and I sucked his dick. <laughs> like I like I kind of surprised myself. Like I was forceful about it. Like you're not going to tell me what I can and can't do with my body kind of thing. <laughs> I'm still like, where did that come from when yeah. I think about it? And she just like. It really upset her and like she, but she, I think because of the way I brought it out, like she kind of couldn't say shit. She couldn't shame you because you were just like, here it is. I was like, nah. She's like, I just don't want anybody to take advantage of you. And I was like, nobody takes advantage of me. (laughs) (laughs) Little did I know he gave me craps. Oh, what was that like? I was like, that's itchy. What the fuck? Why is my skin blue? And then I like, yeah, it like makes your skin blue. I don't understand. And then like out of terror, like shaved my pussy and like Mm -hmm. I saw like two little things in there and I like got them out with tweezers and that was the end of it. But, you know, really fun for a first sexual experience. Just pack on the shame. Just pack it, pack it, pack it, pack it, pack it in. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It was super gnarly. I think that was like sixth or seventh grade. I don't know. Okay. And then that was it for a while. And then when I was 16... I started dating this boy from a different school and he was a virgin and his parents were super like Christian and there was a lot of like I'm waiting till marriage and yeah right and then so I trained horses which I've mentioned and when we go to horse shows we have to stay in like some be- some people have to stay in the barn with the horses mm. because they will kill themselves in the weirdest ways mm. so you have to be there to not lose all that money. And so I met this, like, groom from one of the other barns, and he was, like, 25, and it was, like, the state fair. (laughs) And so I lost my, like, virginity, quote-unquote, at the Minnesota State Fair horse barn in a stall. (laughs) Yes. To a person. Let us us just exclamation point that to a person, not a horse. Gross. (laughs) No, actually, no shade if that is your flavor. What? How old was he? 25. I mean, sorry. How old were you? 16. Okay. Which is a yeah. hefty difference. Yeah. But if I'm being completely honest, that was me being super aggressive. Okay. Like he was, I think he was like satisfied with like flirting with me and making out. But when it came right down to doing the thing, like he was like fucking nervous. Oh, like, okay. Really, really nervous. Like didn't want to take his clothes off. Like super scared. Did you guys have access to protection? Like what was the safety, health and safety vibes like? I have no specific recollection, but I'm okay. going to err on the side of no. Okay. Probably not. Okay. Yeah. And then my friend started dating him and 
I don't know if they ever had sex. I don't know if I ever asked or if she would have told me the truth. Mm. But anyways, I had been dating this boy my age mm. through this. This is a theme throughout my 20s then, too. So, like, I will start dating someone. It will be amazing and deep and fast. And I will cheat on them within the first oh. month. And oh. I will tell them. <gasps> Immediately, because I can't handle I can't handle lying. It just doesn't work in my body. Like I'm not it. a fucking liar. It doesn't I get work. it. I about lied, big stuff. I lied about cheating for Ooh. eight or nine months, and it destroyed me. It destroyed me, it's and it, it took me like a year and a half to fully crumble. And that's when people were like, "Are you okay? You shaved your head?" And I was like, "I'm going away for a while." Yeah. But I but I couldn't deal with my own. I just never thought I would cheat. And then I judged myself so harshly and I didn't realize that I was just caught up in a cultural smoosh where it's actually like more acceptable to cheat than like have another circumstance in your relationship. Or like an honest conversation about things beforehand. Existential kink. (sighs) Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So yeah, I told him and then, you know, of course we don't break up because we're kids and everything is so intense and like we just have to keep having the feelings along with the bad feelings. So that became my first like deeply in love relationship with like you know palm to the face distance oh wow so it's the tortured like yeah it's the tortured like come here go away so that was like pretty much the template for my young adult life then from then on and it really like from then just kind of spiraled into like cutting stuff and like you know he got physical with me like more than a couple of times I had a black eye once and his mom was like what happened and I was like Oh, I fell on the beam in gymnastics and she's like yeah fucking right mm-hmm. but she didn't say that but I could tell she knew um, mm-hmm. but it was just awful and it took like three or four years to like really like break away from that so were you guys sexually active at the time or was that still yeah. a celibate relationship so so after I told him that I cheated on him you know church boy we're at like a drive-in movie and you know it's just horrible conflicted feelings at that point and he's like still grappling with like sex before marriage thing but you know he was a boy and he was horny and we were making out at a drive-in in in the back of a truck and so we had sex a couple of times and it was fun i had a good time i had a drive-in with people all around you yeah yeah people around i don't i I can remember the movie i think it was like an ace ventura movie or something (laughs) I think it might have been the one when nature calls. Like, yeah, like the one where he comes out of the rhino's butt. It's my favorite scene. (laughs) Yeah, so that was that was first sexy time. I actually came the second time, which like to this day I'm shocked by because that was not easy to do. Yeah, tell us more about your body. Yeah, I'm realizing now. I'm gonna say this from the lens of 38. Mm -hmm. It really depends on the person and like how safe I feel with them, like you talk about condoms a lot on this, you know, like try to. Yeah. Boys, men, please, for the love of sweet baby Jesus and all of his friends, just put the goddamn condom on. Please just do it. Please make it one less thing that we have to think about and worry about and then turn into resentment for you because that is where that weird, I don't understand why my girlfriend's so mad at me. That is one of the places where it comes from. Mm. We don't feel safe. We are terrified about so many things, about diseases, about 
kids about pissing you the fuck off so you won't love us. Like, just put it on your dick. Just put yeah. it on your dick, please. And if it doesn't please. feel good, if you're one of the people that's like, it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel good, you know what you can do? You can practice masturbating in a condom yeah. and it will feel good. You can get there. You do, can try. You can it. do it. There are there, There's different sizes. Put a little lube in the tip that works. You yeah. Know? And, you know, sometimes they do slip off and it's horrible and they get stuck all deep up inside the pussy and yeah. you need help fishing it out. And that's a whole nother shame spiral. But... You know, and fear just, spiral. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Like, when did that come off? What yes. happened? Oh my god. Yes. Have you ever had to deal with any of uh, scary repercussions or taking Plan B or getting anything from condom slips or from partners who didn't want to use a condom? Besides that, I guess crabs you can't really avoid with yeah. condoms. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've had a few. I think I've had chlamydia twice. Okay. Thankfully, the person who gave it to me had the, the sack to like tell me about mm. it in an adult way like call me and be like hey I know this is a really uncomfortable thing to talk about but I tested positive for this so you should probably go to the doctor yeah and I did and then it was taken care of and it was fine okay look how easy it is when you have that clear adult communication you just talk about it it's okay mm-hmm. you're not gonna die mm-hmm. one of the coolest things I've ever seen I think is like a profile on tinder where this guy was like Yo, straight up, I have herpes. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say it out here right now, like, just because. And I was like, that is bold. I love that because I could be like, I could suck your dick. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm like i actually looking for somebody in Los Angeles that has herpes because I miss deep throating, but yeah. I do not want to deep throat a cock and possibly give it herpes. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and it's like, you're not going to die. Yeah. You're not going to die. People beat cancer all the time. This isn't going to fucking kill us. So, yeah, that a couple of times... I did have in my late 20s a really rough couple of months. I was dating this law student and he had a friend come and stay with us. We were living together and this was, yeah, we like partied and then we didn't even drink that much. It was so weird. And me and my boyfriend like passed out on the couch in the living room and this friend had come to stay with him for like a couple of days. And I woke up face down in our bed with someone's hands like, finger fucking me really hard and I was like you know what's babe stop that's like too much that hurts and like he didn't and then I was like what the fuck and I turned around and it was his friend and I was like oh hell no like no 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 so like ooh, fun rape and then what did you do I woke up my boyfriend and I made a big stink about it obviously and my other friend was there and she was terrified and like my boyfriend didn't do anything about it and I didn't have the self-respect to be like, get this motherfucker out of the house now. Okay, I also just want to highlight it's so much more than self-respect that would have been required to do that. Yeah, yeah, that was a very twisted, tangled moment yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, And it really fucked with my head. So he, he did leave in the morning and then I did end up going to the police with it because I knew that he was, of course, in medical school. To be a doctor. Duh. Um, (laughs) Such a fun thing. You know, I did the whole rape kit process, which is, you know, not enjoyable. Got the gray sweatpants. Took my favorite jeans. What is that like? Um, So they, 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 you go in and they interview you and, you know, ask you like what happened on, on camera to try to decide if you are lying or not. They decided I wasn't. So... They were like, okay, we're going to do the rape kit, but it's probably not going to show anything because of, you know, how you said things went down. There's probably not going to be any, like, DNA. 
And then so they they took my clothes that I was wearing and they, you know, did the the physical exam and like took swabs and stuff. And that was it for that day. And then like a couple of weeks later, I had to go back and try to contact the guy on recorded call with the detective in the room. And I was so nervous and it was like it was really scary. And I just remember like. I don't think I've ever been so flustered talking to somebody like I was really freaked out and I just I had tried to be so cool about it and like nonchalant like oh it's whatever you know like it wasn't it wasn't that bad of a rape you know (laughs) which is fucked because you know it was it it wasn't horribly violent but it was still rape you know there's not a good rape no there's not a good there's not a good rape (laughs) it's not it doesn't exist And just to add insult to injury, after moving to California some years later, I had to have a background check. And somehow within the filing of my case, somebody in the office did something wrong. And I'm like a registered sex offender, like a a level five sex offender in Arizona. Yeah, because they did the paperwork wrong. Can you get that fixed? I haven't looked into it because it sounded exhausting and it hasn't affected me in a negative way. But I should probably look into that as soon as I have enough money for a lawyer. (sighs) So that was cool. And then like a month later, I did that thing where I cheated on the guy. Right. And we're like living together at this point. So it's like really sticky and awful. Mm. Plus, you know, recent rape. He was really mad at me. So he decided that it would be cool to come inside of me so that if I got pregnant, I wouldn't know whose baby it was. And I did get pregnant. And (laughs) yeah, super fun. And then I had to go and get an abortion because he's like, I'm not going to my father and telling him that you're pregnant and I don't know whose baby it is. And I was like, wow, you're great. Whoa. And so I went to get the abortion and the fun doesn't stop. I go there and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do the pill version. I'm going to take the thing. I'm going to go home. It's going to be, you know, on my time, whatever. The doctor bullied me into the physical procedure. He's like, the pill isn't safe. You don't know if you get everything. I would never let my daughter do it. You know, and in in a normal headspace, like maybe I would have advocated for myself. Probably yeah. not, but maybe. But like, you know, this is another man with a degree telling me what I should do. And so I relented. Mm. And they put you under twilight sedation. And you're not out. You're still there, but you're like loopy. You're like high, right? There was pictures on the wall that like reminded me of a recent trip that I had had to Spain. And I had met a really sweet Italian boy and we had made love on a rooftop and there's like owls swooping all over. It was like the most beautiful thing in the world. Like I still swoon over it. It's so cute. But I was talking about that as I was getting like an abortion procedure, right? Which hurt like hell, by the way. I still can feel the actual spot where he, I think, made the extraction of the fetus, which I asked to see in my twilight sedation. I was like, I want to know what that looks like. It looks like a dust bunny, kind mm. of. Like a, you know, just a cluster of cells. Like, like that's a very like accurate... Like a mucus glob? Like floating? Or a little just more like a textured, dust? like okay. fibrous. But yeah, mm. it looks like cotton, kind of wet cotton. But so I had been like talking about this Spain thing, right? And then so you get done and they put you in this like kind of a green room holding area to make sure that you don't like hemorrhage all over the place yeah. for 20 minutes or whatever. And then the pain really kicks in. And they gave me a heating pad. It didn't do shit. And the nurses that had been in the room attending were laughing at me because of what I had said under the twilight sedation. So I'm like laying there with this like mountain of shame and weirdness and like 
did I do the right thing? I'm not ready for a kid. I can't even stand dogs. Like my boyfriend hates me. I have nowhere to go. We live with each other. What do I do? And like these bitches were fucking cackling at me and I almost lost my mind. Like it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. But yeah. And then, you know, it's a couple, couple few weeks of like pelvic rest. It should have been longer, but the guy that I was dating decided that like we needed to have sex. So he like just decided one day that that was going to happen again. And yeah, that was pretty much the end of that. And it's, it's weird. Like abortions are funny. Cause like, even if you like are very certain about your choice and are like pleased with it, like there's still just this weird esoteric lingering of like some kind of grief yeah, that doesn't really have words. And I don't know if somebody has words, but I don't mm. I have words for lots of things, but I don't have words for that. You know, and I think about like, you know, who would that person have been and what would I be? And what I would have been was pregnant at the exact same time my mom got pregnant with me Mm. and like just mirroring her life in like yet another way. And I was like, oh, I broke a cycle. And so then I felt better about it. How old were you? 28. So it would have been 29 when I had if I had carried two term. So, yeah, that was that was late 20s. And then when I came to California, I kind of stopped doing all of the things that I had been doing. Like I had been like a sommelier for a while. So like drinking was my job, like Mm. lots of substances. Like I was, there was a period when I was like snorting Oxycontin, which was, you know, enjoyable. Um, Luckily, I don't have like an addictive personality when it comes to substances. Like cocaine has never been my thing. You know, I smoke weed and stuff off and on. I've picked up and put down cigarettes multiple times, but that just wasn't ever really a thing. But so I went like cold turkey on everything when I moved here. I was like, you know what? This is expensive and I don't want to like do the same things that I've already done. Let's try something new. Great. Let's try sobriety. Let's try a little bit of abstinence and see how it feels. So I was like sober and without dicks in my life for, you know, a little over a year. And it was, it was nice. And then I found women in a healthy way community wise and that was really great and then sex started to change partly because of just growing up a little bit and getting more comfortable with myself and like learning how to get rid of people that like sucked the life out of me but also because of this one masturbation exercise which was like massively helpful oh yeah tell us please tell us i can't remember the name of the exercise or the person who came up with it but basically you take a vibrator and you put it on your clit or area that most speaks to you. And I came to this because I was like, I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, I try to masturbate, but like my pussy is angry. Like it's like, mm. fuck off, don't touch me. And I'm like, it's really hard to like get off. Like it's fucking hard. And I've never had this problem. I've been doing this since I was three. I know how this is done, you know, like, yeah. and it just wasn't working. And she's like, Mm, here's what you do. So you take this, take the vibrator, you put it in the place and then you take your hands off, right? Take your hands off. And she's like, don't clench anything. Like don't tighten anything. None of your muscles, just let it go. Let it go. Don't distract yourself with anything. Just focus on the one spot that feels good. Just that, just focus on that and don't squeeze anything and just let it go. And you might come and you might not. Might take an hour, might take five minutes, might not happen at all. And so I did that (laughs) 
usually while I was driving to work. (laughs) Because it's a really good angle. And what the fuck else are you supposed to do in this heinous traffic? Seriously, jerk off. Yes, that is way better. I will not call you names from my car if I'm like... Yeah. So that allowed my pelvic area to relax. Okay. And then... During that time, I started attending massage school, Mm. which has a huge focus on Tai Chi and the Dantian, which is like your energetic center. Yeah. So I had a a huge reconnection with like the lower half of my body. And then I went to Hawaii with some friends. And one of them, like we had gone on like a little date like months earlier and just, you know, schedules and things. But he came like the second half of the Hawaii trip and there was only one bed. And then I was like, are you a good snuggler? And he's like, I'm a really good snuggler. And I'm like, yeah. So we snuggled and then we did more stuff. And it was really great because he had been like super celibate for a while too. Mm. And he like, you know, is a more mature fellow like in his 40s. And he's, he was dealing with like some some penis not wanting to come back into the game things like nervousness and just, yeah. you know, connecting to that piece. Like you have to be there and he's a super sensitive guy. And so that was how I came back into it with this super sweet, sensitive person who was also going through the journey of like, this isn't working for me. I'm going to take a step back and see what I need. And then we came back into it so slowly. And I think the first night, like I just remember him like, holding my floating body in the pool Mm. which was so comforting and sweet and I have never been able to come every single time with anybody but this guy who does not have the biggest dick and it was not hard most of the time so let me just be very clear when I say it does not matter how big the dick is it's just feeling safe and connected to the partner yeah. you know like Alejandro Hodorowsky the guy that did that mm-hmm. amazing dune thing the dune, yeah and like all kinds of amazing like tarot like witchy shit he was in an interview this one time and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember but like somebody asked him he's like you know you're you're a mature man you know you're getting on like how do you you and your wife get down he's like you know sometimes the penis does not work so you know we do like the lesbians and I'm like oh that's so sweet and it really I resonated it. with that person that I was with, too, because I was like, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, like, you can't see it, but sometimes I'm not going to get hard, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the guy's not going to get hard. Yeah. And I kind of thought about it like, there's two sides to every person, even if they're not presenting a certain gender, yes. right? And you have to make love to both sides of that body, that soul body, right? And so... I noticed that when I was like going down on him and thinking about it, like as a cock, as a man, I would lose him. Mm. And then I was like, huh. And then I started thinking about it as like a pussy and sucking his dick as if it was a female and like, you know, get different kinds of motions and like different space that I was holding for him. And then his cock would come back. And it was so interesting. I'm like, oh, this is just mind-blowing. Yeah. And it was so great. So, like, masturbation exercise into this, like, very soft, sweet, like, gay-ish, not, not 
fully gay, but like has experimented, you know, so he's fluid in a gender way. And like, I've been accused of being a lesbian more than one time, but again, I'm not quite ready for that. So I'm just going to save it for 55. (laughs) (laughs) So coming back into that, you know, in such a beautiful healing place like Maui, you know, like, wait, sorry. How do you get accused? What is it like? Also, I walk around being like, I like girls. I, I, I like girls. I like girls. Nobody thinks I like girls. Like people know. look at me and they don't. You just, I guess I, I've been told I throw off that lesbian vibe. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I, I'm a tomboy like to boot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, it works. And But yeah. how do people accuse you? Do Are they like, oh, you're a lesbian? Dudes. Or like, dudes will be like, are you gay? Really? Yeah. They're like, oh, I thought you were a lesbian. And I'm like, no, nah, bro. Not yet. but keep talking so fucking close yeah so it was such a wonderful experience with him because like he he loved going down Mm. he was good at it and I told him on multiple occasions I'm like you know what you touch me better than I touch myself and it was true yeah because like he was more patient with me than I was with myself and that was a really beautiful thing to experience and like I could come on top I could come on the bottom it was what the fuck ever oh that's amazing you know and like I wasn't hugely fucking attracted to this guy either. Mm. Like there's just so many elements of it. Like I still just sit back and like wonder about the whole thing. I'm like, God, safety. What do you mean to be attracted or not attracted? Do you mean like labeling him with hot words or? Yeah, hot words, like aesthetic things, like not an unattractive man by like, you know, societal standards by any means, but just not like my typical cup of tea. You know, he wasn't a punk ass white boy. Oh, I see. Okay. Just basically, so, you know, like, because oh. it sounds like your body was attracted. Yeah. In the Because he was emotionally sense. fucking okay, available. Okay. So it's like the feeling of attraction, but not yeah. the visual vibe that you necessarily yeah. would have been and used like, to. And like that, that wasn't, it wasn't horrible by any means. It wasn't my ideal, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like it worked. But yeah, that was really great. And we had, it was, I still to this day feel like it was the most healthy relationship I've ever had because we were like kind to each other. I don't think we ever once argued. I think I maybe hurt his feelings once or twice. Mm. And he like expressed that to me and we had a conversation and it was okay. But then at the end of it, it was like, hey, how is this working for you? And he's like, it's okay. And I'm like, could it be better? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, how about if we're not like madly in love by like New Year's, we call it quits before it rots. And he's like, yeah. And then- you know, like a month or two went by and I was like, how's it going? And he's like, it's okay. I'm like, you want to, you want to call it? And he's like, yeah. I was like, cool. And then we're still friends. Okay. Did you have your own feelings in that? Cause I hear you asking him, like, did you have a part of the story for yourself that was like, it's also okay. Or were you like more into it than he was or less? Or what do you think? There was elements of him being so soft and available that made me want to attack him. Mm. And that's like not in a sexual way like in a okay got in it. like a mean yeah. critical way yeah. yeah which is like part of my upbringing like that's what you do i do um, that to people who seek all their validation from me like i've had past partners be like am i good am i good am i good yeah. and i'm like if you can't feel it yourself yeah i will be quiet until you can yeah and that's like one of my personal destroyer punisher things totally yeah, I feel that. And I can't fucking stand that. Mm-hmm. Like, that brings out the wolf in me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I will eat your ass. <laughs> but, like, not in a sexy way. Yeah. No. Oh, but, but speaking of. No, I'll just kill you. But are you um, but are you into asses? Or, or am I derailing? I'm into my ass. Yeah? I have flicked a few buttholes. Okay. No, maybe, like, two. Maybe two. Maybe two. It wasn't as gross as I thought it was going to be. I've come to like it very much and I never would have thought that I would. Yeah. Like now I actually like enjoy it. Yeah. 
I was like, oh, it's just another hole. It kind of tastes like the other holes. And it wasn't dirty. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure if it was dirty, it would be a different story. But it would it taste different fine. for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, booty stuff is great. It takes a minute to get into it for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the first time I did it, I did it with like a guy that I met on an airplane. Um, on the airplane? or Yeah. Just... He was like. No, but did you do it on the airplane? No, that would have been hard, but I have done that. You have? Not in the butt, but yeah. Okay. On the airplane. Butt stuff on an airplane seems really hard, but if anyone out there has done it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, we like met on an airplane and we like made out. And then he's like, you want to come over to my house? And I'm like, sure. And then I did and we swam in the pool and we made out. And he's like, have you ever done it in the butt? And I was like, no. And he's like, I bet you'd like it. And I'm like, I think I would. And I'm like, I didn't know who this guy was. I had no like friend circles with him. He was completely safe. Did as you far just as, like, like land and then go to his house? Or, no, like, I think what it was, was like a few days later. I came back home and he lived in the same city. Okay. So we just hooked up. And he's like, I think you'd like it. And I was like, I think it would too. And it came so fucking fast. Yeah. It was crazy. Like wow. it was definitely hella uncomfortable because I don't think I'd ever even like explored that area alone. Yeah. I had first. I didn't until I had but I mean I yeah. I had butt sex for the first time the night I lost my virginity. I was like, I wanna do everything. And I recently saw the guy, like I saw my friend who I lost my virginity to, and I was like, Thank God for you. Cause he was like he was like, Congrats on the podcast. And yeah. I was like, Thank God you fucked me. Otherwise I probably never would have had sex. <laughs> And he's like, well, I hope you had a great time. I was like, yes, we did everything. You know, like, I was just so happy. Did he, like, prep you into it or what? No, I think we were just, like, making out a lot. And then, like, I stimulated myself. I have to do that. Like, mm-hmm. if it's not, if there's no hand involved on the clit, like, it's just. It's a lot of sensation. It's usually just way too much. Yeah. I could probably deal with it, like, myself now, just with, like, a glass piece or something like that. Yeah. But with a partner, like, they just generally don't have the kind of patience that it takes to do it in an enjoyable way. So, yeah, that was great. And then I didn't do it again for quite a while. And I didn't really, like, get to, like, super enjoy it until I started doing it with myself. Mm. And I will say, and I think that this is true, that the anus is the royal road. And that is not my saying. That is a friend's saying. But I'm going to repeat it because I think it's important. Because what happens when you're stressed out? We clench our buttholes. Yes. Right? Yes. And then we can't fucking feel anything other than like pain and boo. So I did a weird experiment a few years ago. I was like, I'm going to have anal sex with myself every day and see what happens. My income tripled. What? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if that's why, but like if we're talking about like affluence and like letting go and being relaxed and grounded, like, yeah. So that was fun. But now I like really enjoy it and... It's not something that I want every motherfucking time. Okay. Let's be clear. It's a side dish. It's a side it's dish. on your menu. It's, it's a on the menu. Okay. okay. I don't want to eat it every day. See, I have partnered sex infrequently enough now that I'm like, give it to me. Give me everything. I want everything. And I want like a seven hour session. Give That's it, give nice. it, give it, give it, give it. You know? Yeah. But I guess also if I were having like 30 minute to an hour sex more regularly, I'd be like, yeah, I don't need it all the time. Yeah. Although I don't know if I'd say no to it all the time. Ooh, this is an interesting noodle. Okay, wait, but yeah. but back to the week of sex with yourself. Like, yeah. was there what? Oh, it was like months. Really? Yeah. I did it for like a couple of months. But so now I, I like it and okay. I quite, you know, it just, it makes me come so fast. Like, it's just, I don't know if it's because it's like an area that was never allowed, it was never traumatized. Yeah. So it's like clear and ready to rock or something like that. Um, but it works really good and Amazing. I super dig it. Even when I'm by myself, like I like the threefer. I like the hand in the front 
or like something in the front yep. and then like something in the vagina and then like something in the butt. Like, yeah. It's great. You know, even if it's just like a couple of fingers and woot, 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 like you get a little armpit cramp once in a while. But <laughs> I've never got I've gotten cramps in what's this part called? Your flexors. My flexors. Yeah. yeah, that's and that's the part that got really tight with my tennis elbow. Have you stuck a finger up your butt and orgasmed and felt the squeeze, squeeze, squeeze? That's one of my favorite feelings. It's one of my favorite things to experience. I don't know. OK, report back. If I you will. Feel I will pay attention more next it's time. Literally, I just love I can feel the muscles if my fingers are in my pussy, but like so this is middle finger in the asshole and just feeling it squeeze. It's like it relaxes the rest of my body. I mean, obviously it's happening because mm-hmm. I'm orgasming and I feel it everywhere. Yeah. But like I feel like when I feel that, it's like zing, like a deeper like boom, boom, boom connection. I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, you know, central nervous system. Yeah. All that stuff. What else do we have to say about your sexual journey before we dive into more specifics? Mm-hmm. I know we've started to get to them, but. I would like to say something about UTIs. Okay. Because I feel like that's something that like a lot of people struggle with. And I struggled with it from my very first boyfriend up until, I mean, forever. It wasn't always with every partner, which is something now looking back, I'm like, oh, my body knew something that I fucking didn't. Mm. My body was like, this person is being too aggressive with you emotionally and it's coming through like in their literal like bacteria like Mm. their bacteria is like completing the attack in a physical way so i have noticed that the the men that i have been intimate with who are like kind and spacious with me they do not have that problem whoa even if i don't stand up and go and run to the bathroom and remain extremely hydrated and like don't ever drink you know like i can have cocktails and i can you know lounge in bed post coitus and like gaze into eyes and like you know not be so diligent about it and like my body won't like burst into flames from my bladder whereas like if it's someone that like is not a good fit for me emotionally that shit is unbearable that it hurts so much and it turns into kidney infections like if you are not like really on it yeah that happened to you oh my god yeah (gasps) it's really bad like don't fuck with that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. if that ever happens, like don't fuck with it. Just go get, I hate antibiotics, but just get them because yeah. that can kill you. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's not cool. I usually only get them from people that I use condoms with. Yeah. Condoms suck. <laughs> they just do. I don't know what is in them. Some kind of crazy spermicide or something. But Maybe put them it. on you guys. Yeah. But put them on. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good thing to figure out. But staying hydrated really helps and stuff, too. Yeah. And obviously, hygiene is wonderful. And totally. everybody likes a nice, clean pussy. Totally. Yeah. Can you circle back to, you mentioned a very romantic uh, lovership with owls and a rooftop. Oh. Like, can you tell us the details? Like, yeah. We went to Spain in, like, 2010. And, you know, we'd, we'd gone traveling. And I was there with a broken foot. Because whiskey and skateboards don't mix. Oh, shit. And (laughs) we'd had a lovely adventure. And it was like the day before we left. And we were on the beach in Barcelona. And it was like a nude beach. And titties out, good times. And like we met this guy that was like kind of like a low-key porn star. (laughs) Great. Yeah, he was really funny. And, you know, I was with two like leggy blondes. So like we did okay, you know. And so he was like after my friend and she was like all for it like she was fucking anything that moved on that trip god bless her this other boy was there on the beach and he was like quiet and then like 
he got up to leave and like I got kind of sad and I was like, oh. And the porno guy was like, you like so-and-so? And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And he was like, Ew! come with us tonight. And he's like, oh, okay. So the guy showed up and I was like, you have like a magical porn fairy hook you up. A magical porn fairy hook me up with the quiet guy. It was really sweet. And That's like, amazing. he was much cuter than I had like originally noticed. <gasps> And so, like, we met at the cafe and, like, we spent, like, an hour trying to communicate. Like, he had terrible English and I did not speak Italian. We both spoke very little Spanish, weirdly. (laughs) (laughs) And then our friends were, like, going to go, like, to the W or something and, like, continue to get shit-based. And I looked, I turned to him and I go, "Uh, a disco, uh, cafe, uh, su casa. And he goes, mi casa. (laughs) And I was like, word. <laughs> and so we went to his little flat and like it was so tiny and there was like three boys living in it. One of them, I think, actually was like sleeping in a closet and the yeah, other two yeah. in a bunk bed. Totally. And so we like we went up and we went out to, to like the balcony and there was this chair and we just like started making out and like having sex. And then he like bent me over the balcony. And oh, my God. That's so hot. And the owls are like swooping by and he's all like, oh, you're so bella. You're so bella. And I'm like, oh this my is God. everything right now. This is all we wanted. Used a condom like a grown ass man. Amazing. God damn it. Fuck yeah. And yeah, it was just the sweetest, softest, most wonderful thing. And he smelled so good. And then I had to do one of those things where like as soon as I left his house, it like four in the morning I like walked back to my hotel room with my broken foot and oh, Jesus, that's right. like yeah I was just a mess I was like crying because I was leaving Spain and my yeah. like Italian lover and it was, it was wonderful and sweet and there's something so great about vacation sex because you never have to deal with like any part of the person's faults or like yeah. weirdnesses you're just like it's a time you're gonna be time. the person that I choose you to be forever mm, the end yeah yeah but then sometimes they do turn magical. I have a yeah. couple friend lovers that I thought were going to be like vacation one night stands mm-hmm. and I've seen them multiple yeah. times and, it's and then they come happy. Back. Yeah. It's great. Boomerangs. I love my boomerangs. Yep. Oh my God. Okay. Tell us more specifics about things you love and if stories come up, like are there toys you love or like what um, are there ways of being touched that we haven't gotten to yet that you love? Yes. So we've said over the underwear, and I'm going to just put a little exclamation point on that. Great. I love being like a healthy slap, like on the face. Yeah. And pussy. Yeah. Tell us more about the pussy slaps. Yeah. I don't know. I just like the, I like the sound. I like the surprise of it. I think that's a lot of it is the surprise in any kind of slap. That's kind of part of it. I mean, like booty slaps, you're kind of expecting slap my butt again. But yeah, the face, especially that, I mean, carefully, of course, I don't, I don't actually like the pain part of anything. Okay. Not into that, but I do like surprise and yeah, the pussy slap I like, especially because it like touches areas that aren't just the clit. Like, yo, there's even, even though we've like recently started to acknowledge that like a clit is not just like a little nubbin, it's like a wishbone. Okay. It's like a little zucchini that goes up inside too. It's got pieces and parts. Like one of the most sensitive parts of my pussy is like the area like around my vaginal opening oh really what kind of sensitive is it it's like it just likes being like nicely attended to like for instance I dated a guy briefly and I don't think he knew where the clit was so he was like rubbing around my vagina Mm -hmm. 
I think because he thought that that was where my clit was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, but that feels really fucking good. So I'm going to let him keep doing it. And it was amazing. And I was like, oh, new thing. Oh, I love that. So that was great. But yeah, just the whole area, like the area in the creases of my thighs, there's musculature that surrounds your anus that connects to like, you know, your sits bones area and all that stuff. Sitting on a tennis ball, like to the side of my asshole, it doesn't like make me come, but it is like highly sensational. Like to the point of like when getting your nipples sucked just feels really fucking good. I don't feel anything on nipples, but what do your nipples feel like? I feel like a direct zing. Wow. I think if I was to be like a more relaxed version of myself that maybe it could go farther. I have been able to come like without touching myself during like meditation. Oh, really? Just like a small handful of times, but it takes like mad focus and relaxation. But yeah, just like palpating that entire area. Like it's not just this one little focus thing. Like it's not, you know, like X marks the spot. That's not it. I just, I love it when people love it. I love it when people are having fun and exploring and they don't have an agenda and they nibble and lick and touch and grab and pull and twist and tweak and, you know, like, I'm pretty good at at sucking a dick and I think part of the reason it goes over so well is because, like, when I'm on my stomach and I've got the dick in my mouth and it's, like, shoved down my throat, whatever, my little feet are, like, waggling back and forth, (laughs) backwards, and... Apparently, it's just like the cutest fucking thing because they're like, oh, she's really really having fun with this. Look at her cute little feet, you know. And as long as we're talking about sucking dick. Yeah, please. I super duper 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 love sucking dick. It's so much fun. Deep throating is the best thing in the world. And most recently, I have discovered that I like my last partner would like put his hand on my throat. Not quite choking me, but just like a really firm yes. like grab. So yes. like my trachea was supported by yep. his like palm. Yep. And he could like pull my head farther into his dick. And he's like, doesn't that hurt? I'm like, it's actually easier with you like quasi choking me because yeah. like it kind of leads the tunnel in like a not angled way. I'm like, that really works for me. I'll let you know if it sucks. And it's so different from just a random head getting shoved down. Like it's a completely different energy, different circumstances, different everything. So I just want to highlight that difference. Are there any other details about you being gone down on that we need to hear? We got some clit info. We got. That is my, that is my biggest struggle. Oh, really? Like I've kind of, I've, I've tackled relaxing my pelvic floor so that I can actually feel the penis because that is a thing. If it's too tight, I can't fucking feel the penis, even if it's like bottoming out and hurting me. Mm. And that is awful. And I don't know why I've ever let, no, whatever. Anyways, it sucks and I'm not going to do it anymore. There's a better way. But I hate when a man looks at me to see if he is doing a good job. With his weird little eyeballs. What while, do you mean? While he's going down on me. Like looks here? Or no, like, like looks if he's at like, your face? If he's like between my legs going down on me. And oh. then he like looks up like, at me. Look I'm up. like, oh my God, fucking stop. Please fucking stop. Don't look at me. Mm. It's one thing if it's like he's looking at me because like he's trying to take more of me in and it's like hot like that. But if it's like, <laughs> I'm like, you look like Beaker. Fuck off. 
Oh, yeah. It's creeping me out. Like, this oh, is man. hard enough for me anyways because receiving is so difficult because, like... I think I look at people like Beaker. <laughs> I think I might do... I think I probably do that. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, but... Yeah, so I, I hear what you're saying. Just laying there and doing nothing is very difficult for me because mm. receiving is really hard. Yeah. Um, and when I don't have anything to do, my brain starts to go a billion miles an hour. Yep. And then I'm, like self-conscious and I'm thinking about like if they're enjoying it I'm not enjoying it it doesn't feel good because they're not doing it I've gotten better about like talking about what potentially would work for me and and what wouldn't in the moment or like in the moment okay how and before okay fragile male ego being what it is it's hard I have learned that I usually have about like two adjustments I can say oh you know gentler or like you know try this and beyond that like I just, I see their shame ball like roiling up mm-hmm. inside of them. And mm-hmm. I'm like, can we just fuck now? Yeah. Because I, this, you don't have the capacity to hear me and the space to like really take in what I'm saying and be patient enough to like know that this is fun. Like I'm not criticizing you. Yeah. You just don't have this body and yeah. you don't know what I need. And I'm trying to tell you and I'm trying to use descriptive words. I've even like taken guys' arms and like touched them really like quickly mm-hmm. and like firmly and I'm like you feel that you feel that heat like it's kind of okay for a second but then it kind of starts it to hurts. hurt right yeah and then I like I take my fingertips and I'm like kind of by like the elbow skin where it's like really soft and sensitive and then I take it and I drag it super lightly and I'm like how does that feel and they're like well that kind of it's kind of fun that kind of tickles I'm like you kind of need me to touch it more don't you it's pulling you in. It may, it leaves you wanting more. So you're like opening up yeah. to it, right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that is how you touch a pussy. Like you are touching a little baby kitty with mm. your soft little fingers. I don't think that phrase came around by accident. No, that's such a good analogy because then when they're really into it, the kitties like purr and you have to scratch them harder yeah. and you have to rub them really hard. And But, but you can't start out that no. way or they hop no. away. You got to be, you got to. You got to leave them wanting more. Yeah. You have to, you know, it's just, it's just dangling a carrot. It's teasing. You're not making me come. You're teasing me until I can't stand it anymore. And I come. That's how it works. Yeah. And that was a very aggressive way to say that. But, (laughs) you know, even like a lot of people like all have that very specific conversation with and it just, they don't have the capacity to be there. Mm. And so it's not enjoyable for me. And I can tell that like just maybe the way that they are as people like they're not super comfortable doing it in the first place and so it's just like there's all of these like weird like shadowy feelings and then it just it's not connected yeah and it's not pleasurable yeah and there's no amount of talking that can fix that i oh fuck i hope to god for the rest of my life every partner i have can laugh during sex Please, yes. please. Also, I want Angels I want of amounts of talking to be able to fix things. Yes. And I'm like fucking naive enough that I'm like, okay, maybe not everyone, but I think there's hope. At least if we talk about it with each other outside and mm-hmm. then maybe one day people will talk inside and then maybe one day there will be less shame disconnection. Yeah, less shame disconnection for sure. So what are you hoping for your sexual self going forward? Like, what do you want to explore that you haven't done yet? Or what do you just hope for yourself? I want to try that kink stuff. I love being tied up and I love being smacked around. And oh, my God, I got to go to one club once. Where? God, down by Westchester. 
It was kind of ratchet. Oh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it was, you know, they had a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> like a food kind of, I think. Okay. But it was cute. And we met this Dom and his sub, just like beautiful people. And I was with a couple other girls and they invited us into their scene to observe. Because we were clearly noobs, mm. like just observing. And the bag of tricks this guy had, oh my God. Yeah. Like he had like two suitcases full of toys. Yes. And I was like, oh, look at all these things. And like he would pull them out and like show them to us, and, like let us touch them. Like he had the electrical, like weird science wand and stuff. And one. like we just got to watch this whole thing. And I'm like, shit. Like some of the like, you know, boob clothespin clams looked a little aggressive i'm like i don't really want that painful shit but like a lot of this other stuff i'm like that looks yeah that looks pretty great and i've thought about it a lot just since listening to you talk about it and like honestly it just goes back to the condom thing like because the idea the ideal that we think of like the sub master relationship is like that i could trust someone else so much to put myself in that position is mad relaxing yep and that totally would feel is. really fucking good. And a lot of things would feel really good, I think, in that space. But again, I don't like to be hurt, you know, yeah. beyond like, you know, a small level of like healthy play. Well, it's like we have to mitigate the amount that we can be hurt, yeah. you know. And, and I really just feel like now that I know more, now that I've made an attempt to like meet new doms, I got so fucking lucky. Mm. I got so lucky with my first kinky experience and my second one. Like I, I haven't had my third one was not that great. You know, yeah. <laughs> I had some in between that were kind of okay, but like, and I didn't know how deep and strong the connection could be. But like, it is the most relaxing thing I've ever ever encountered. What about group sex? Or and would you go to a sex club or a sex party or like, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah? I've, I mean, I've, I've had a couple of threesomes. I've never gone down on a lady. I have fingered a couple of ladies. I really like boobs. I think in that kind of scenario and like not in an objectifying kind of way, but I am fascinated by the idea of boobs and a cock. I just, mm -hmm. I don't know. That just sounds like different and fun. Mm -hmm. and I'm so curious about the person that those things would be attached to. Mm -hmm. Like, where is their brain? Yeah. What do they like? Like, yeah. how do we play there? Um, yeah how do they parts how do you play with them stuff. and not and how do they not feel like well, I would like to know what their relationship to objectification is too yeah. with yeah. bodies yeah. yeah and like how do I hold space for that completely different thing yeah which could just be like super fun or like traumatizing who knows <laughs> totally. I haven't done it yet but yeah group sex could be cool I've, I've considered the poly thing many times and it just have always come back to like you gotta walk before you run kind of thing yeah. for me especially yeah. like I'm still struggling to get like the single partner thing down in like a cool way so but you could have a single partnership in an open relationship so that the next time you cheat on someone it's not cheating yeah oh well which I is what I want to know also like I've oh, learned okay. my lesson well. and, and figured out like what feelings were like driving me to do that in the first place and like I don't need it anymore mm. I don't need the hand in my face I don't need that level of intensity my focus is different and I'm a little older and a little wiser. Is there anything else about your sex life that we haven't talked about or your desires or even just like specifics or stories that are worth mentioning before I ask you wrap up questions? So I don't, we used to just always go after the bar because it was a, the only bar kind of that would like serve that late and be like, 
There's boobies. Yeah. When would you go? Like, was this pre-California? Was this? This is pre-California. Okay. There was stripper cage fighting at one of them, which was like super intense. Whoa. Yeah. Actual fighting or was it like wrestling? I mean, it was like boxing gloves and stuff, but like they erected a like an octagon in the middle okay. of the strip club and these girls were like go at it hard like one of them threw up like weave was like torn out but like oh geez you know everybody's like throwing money into the pit so like by the time it's done there's like a foot of dollar bills at the bottom so like they did all right okay you know prize fighting that was interesting but you know i mean it's just fun and then like strippers love when like girls come in because yeah. it's like you know one less creepy guy to deal with and then they let you play with their boobs and they're like, oh, my God, they look so good. Are they real? And they're like, you can touch them. Like, that's real. That yeah. happens. It's great. Yeah. Um, so many titties. And then porn. I recently have discovered that, oh, my God, I love when the person I'm dating sends me videos yes. of them jerking off. Holy fucking oh, shit. Ooh. Oh, my God. It is the best thing ever. I love it so much. Only after you ask for it? Or do you like it if it's just volunteered? Mm, I mean. Like, what timing some, do you some need? Some kind of, like, introduction Totally. Like, would you like it if I jerked yeah. off on camera for you? Yes, I would. Thank you very yeah. much. Maybe not just like unsolicited dick pic. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just always baffled when people think that that is the best way to make a new introduction to someone they want to fuck. Like, I'm I'm just baffled. I'm yeah, like. That ain't it. It's, it's, I think part of it is like maybe like a girl brain, boy brain thing. Because like when boys see the parts, they're like, yes. And when girls. That's see for me. The, yeah, and like that's for me, and they must want mine. Yeah, and, and not for every girl, but I think a lot of times when girls just like rando see the parts, they're like, "Why? Give me context. Why? Make me want it. But then Make me you want know, it. like I've I've had friends that are like, "Yeah, show me all the dicks. Show me what you're working with first. Aggressive. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I wanna... like to see them, but yeah. I also like context because yeah. I the way that I receive the dick pic is how I project the sex will be. Uh-huh. So if it's like really really fast, yeah. Then I'm like, well, this might not be very creative. That's if there's, fair. you know, <laughs> yeah, or like just like on the level in general, like a, a like yes. steps were skipped. Yep, steps were skipped. Yep, even if this is to be just like a sexy, fun, frolicky thing, like there's a bit of a protocol to, I think. I just think it's boring to skip the steps, yeah. and that like it's part of the fun is to yeah. like Tease. ask the yeah exactly. And and yep, yep. Ask for and more. entice. Yeah. So, do you send nudes? Are you a fan of sexting? Like, what's that? Okay. Dig. Yeah. Super, super into dig. It. Great. Um, I had a long distance thing, so I like this is why I got like practiced at it, and I was like, oh yeah, sexy pictures. Feeling myself, you know, and then like the phone sex via like FaceTime or whatever is like super convenient. Yeah. But weirdly, I also struggle with that too on my end. Like, I can play along and like you know look at my tits and whatever, and like it's fun and it's like it turns me on. But, like, and maybe it was just with this partner, but, like, it would be really hard for me to get off, mm-hmm. like, during that call because I feel so pressured oh, by it Oh, during the call. Oh, it's, like, a real-time call with Yeah, them. like, oh, FaceTiming. Oh, yeah, that, I don't, yeah, that might be hard. I don't know. It's worth a try. <laughs> I know. I it. need to try. <laughs> Super fun. But, yeah, you know, and then, like, the videos of, you know, us both having sex together when yeah, we are yeah. together yeah. is super lovely and, like, I don't know. I get off so fast when I'm alone having sex with myself when yeah. I have that to look at. Totally. Like, not that there's anything wrong with porn, but like I don't feel connected to those people. And like a lot of times when I watch porn, I'll watch women more. Mm-hmm. Again, not because like women are my thing, but because they're usually more dropped into what they're doing, especially if they're by themselves. Like if a woman is like doing a cam thing and she's like 
actually getting off, like you can feel that. Yeah. And if it's performative sex, I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. That Captain Morgan leg, like don't throw that knee up. Don't don't be behind me like doing good things and then throw the knee up because you think you need an extra quarter inch. No, leave that knee where it was. Thank you very much. You're just going to throw your fucking back out and like bitch about like day tomorrow. Like, no, <laughs> be there with me. Like, yeah, that's all I want. Just be with me for all of the weird little ups and downs, because that is the flavor. That is what we came here for. Yes, sex is wiggly. It's wiggly. It's wiggly, it's wiggly oh. friends. I want to know who you were before you went to South America and who you were when you came back. Ooh. Well, there was a crumble leading up to South America. Mm-hmm. My identity as the good girl mm-hmm. crumbled. I cut off all my long blonde hair. Here's the thing. Same person, very hidden. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know I didn't know that I could be this weird out loud and people would still like me. I spent all my formative years being really baffled by the regular human lies people say to each other where they're like, where I'm like, do you feel this way? It seems like it. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to believe you. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I think a lifetime of, I want to call it innocent gaslighting because I don't think people are like maliciously trying to hoodwink each other. I think it's coping mechanisms because we're all just humans trying to get our needs met. But I think I'm a pattern learner. And so I had just like picked up all these patterns and was like operating in all of these patterns at a huge capacity of like energy loss. I was exhausted. I, I burned myself out in like multiple cycles and like I did it once in college and like studied abroad in France. And like I did it again when I made my first feature film. And then like in my early 20s, I just dove into work like that one I didn't take time off of. So I was like already twice depleted before mm-hmm. this one. And I had been working with pickup artists, stumbling into threesomes, getting terrible advice, and doing a lot of work that I really didn't believe in and draining myself. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I took my first voice class and I learned to breathe and feel feelings. Feel feelings. And it was a year later that like that was really what was like the crack. I was like, oh, Oh, and then basically since then I've discovered like looking back on it that I'm a deeply feeling person that grew up in a family that was like, we feel the good feelings. We're full of love. We're, you know, and my family is truly like sweet and wonderful and full of love. And I was born into a family that is not as interested as I am in looking at everything. Digging through the underwear drawers. Yeah, and and I finally was like, oh, I can appreciate the beautiful thing about me that is like I don't make the assumptions that I now see are assumptions in the world. And I basically was just doing a lot of like, I must operate this way because this is the way the world works. And I was like, wait, I don't have to have hair. I don't have to wear clothes. I can be horny Mm. out loud. Mm. And then like this, I can talk about it. I can want what I want. And I can make a living with my creativity and I don't have to wait to get picked. Don't have to wait to get picked. I can pick myself every day. You can pick yourself. You know, and I'm sure by other people's standards, they're like, you're still a single 32-year-old woman, blah, 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 blah. But I'm just like, but I'm not in a shitty relationship. No. Unless I choose to be, in which case, like, I really am consciously every time choosing someone where I'm like, obviously, we're not in a real relationship. Real relationship. Um, it's a relationship. It's a relationship. And it truly is wonderful for me when I'm not busy comparing it to what it's not. 
And that's the part where things get fucked up and, you know, nothing is perfect. But at the same time, like when I came back, I was ready to find someone to beat me. And holy fuck, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and yeah, I, I mean, there's so much other nuance in there. But basically, it it's been a whole journey of really self-love, like to get really, really corny. But like it was when I was in South America that I realized I hated myself. Huh. And I was like, oh, I, I want to live in this body. I want to be on earth and give my gifts as best as I can. Yeah. And I'm going to have to figure out the self-love thing. So I'm still unpacking that. Do you think that being alone and traveling and being the only one making your choices every day made that like a more stark contrast for you to like figure out what you did like and what you didn't like in a moment and like better able to like act on it those decisions? totally gave me full permission to experience for several months. I was gone five months by myself, which is a small and large time, depending mm -hmm. on how you look at it, to just feel what it's like if I'm not operating based off of any shoulds. I just took all the pressure off myself. I mean, I'm, I always made sure that I ate food. I love eating. Like that's, you know, it's a very great. pleasure. Yeah. I love to get to know places through the food there. But other than that, I did not put any pressure on myself to do anything. And that was the first time that I realized that I am still to this day, like heavily ruled by all the people that I want to please and all the people that I want to, you know, and it's, and I don't think people pleasing is necessarily bad if it's conscious because I love pleasing people. I'm a submissive. I love putting out this podcast that pleases people. I love knowing that it's going to lead to pleasure for people. And I no longer will lead a life where I'm ruled by the shoulds because of the pleasing. I now have more confidence that whatever I choose to do that's in line with my desire is going to lead to pleasing for both myself and others. And I think that I don't know if I would have gotten there as quickly or in the, you know, of course, not in the same way yeah. if I hadn't given myself that space. And also to be really clear, like I had that space because I had money from a terrible job, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, but also I had to like threaten them from Bolivia to get my final installment, which was like a scary yeah. thing. Yeah, I love Bolivia. So. The Bolivian salt flats are what called me randomly to South America. That's so random. Yeah. I was cunty to you on an Instagram post about the salt flats because I was mad and cold. Really? Yeah. You're like, I love that place. I'm like, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> it was fucking freezing. It was so cold. Yeah. I mean, it's it's horribly cold, but I, I don't care. I still love that place. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age would you pick and what would you say? I mean, it's more life advice than anything, but um, it ties back into that people-pleasing shit. And I... I'm searching for more actionable words than I'm going to have right now. But if you are giving up your life breath, young me, to make sure someone else feels safe and loved, you are literally killing yourself. Mm -hmm. Because those thoughts that you're having, those pains that you're feeling, those things that aren't being expressed are going and finding different houses in your body and they're turning to stone. And you're going to feel them until you give it words until you give it space until you give it you know love and permission and all of that stuff and to put that in a more layman capacity fuck whoever you want in your <laughs> 20s and don't feel bad about it fuck why didn't you fuck richard you should have fucked richard he was so hot ah oh. Also, can we just comment on the fact that every time you have shared the most deep personal stuff, the sirens have just like reared up? Oh, really? Did you clock that? Yeah. That's funny. It was a lot. It was like every time you were sharing something super duper deep. I mean, it's all connected. Ugh. 
Jensi. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you for making the show. 